Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson is joined by Dell Chief Financial Officer Tom Sweet, who's held a variety of roles in his almost 25 years at the company, working closely with founder and CEO Michael Dell to execute long-term growth strategy. Thank you, Tom, so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on the Texas Business Minds podcast. Happy to be here, Will. So thanks for having me. You've been at Dell for a good long time now, since 1997, is that correct? That's correct. It's uh, been an amazing journey to, to see the growth of Dell, to see the growth of Austin, to see the emergence of, of the Austin in Central Texas area from a technology hub perspective. Um, and clearly the company has changed dramatically over, over the time frame. Yeah. So it's yeah. been, a re- been a remarkable journey. You joined like, so we're talking about 97. So that's pretty far after, founded in 84 or 85, I think. Um, 84, yep. Okay, thank you. And then, but went public in 88, I think. Yep. So you would, it was pretty far after the IPO, but it was well before it went private again and went through some other changes. So maybe you could walk me through kind of the broad strokes about how you see, you know, how Dell's role has changed in your time there and what you see it as today. I was thinking about this and just thinking about the journey here. You know, when I joined the company, which would have been in the middle of our fiscal year of 98, the, the company that year had revenue a little over $12 billion. And you think about last year where we uh, had revenue of roughly $94.4 billion of revenue. So an amazing journey in terms of, and you think about, well, what drove that? Uh, obviously, our, our capabilities, our solutions, the breadth and depth of our portfolio is, is much more significant now. Um, you know, technology, the role of technology has, has really changed. You think about the pandemic, yeah. Will, right? And, well, you know, here you and I are chatting uh, using Zoom and these collaboration applications, where would we have all been without sort of those types of capabilities? But clearly technology during the pandemic has proven uh, proven the point that you need to continue to invest in technology to have a differentiated business model. Businesses are evolving pretty rapidly and technology is, is, is essential to that. So, and all of those major tech trends like that are contributing to, I think, our success as we continue to position our customers and assist our customers as they continue their technology, their digital transformation. So it's been an amazing, amazing journey. There's just been so much change in the last few years from buying EMC, returning to the public markets through that deal with the VMware tracking stock. Do you think it's fair to say that Dell has transformed more than any other large tech company? In the last five years? Well, you know, I, I think from, from my perspective, having lived through all these transformations and the, the number of things that we have done, I think we've changed our footprint and our capability and our position within the market pretty dramatically. Yeah. More than anybody else. You know, I'll let somebody else call that. But you just okay. think about the amount of transformation that's happened. Beginning back in you know, the 2012, 2013 timeframe when, when, we, when Michael decided to take the company private to, we had some work to do to transform the capabilities and reset the company that was best done outside of the public markets. The merger of EMC, which was the acceleration of our capability in the data center and um, 
uh, sort of the elevation of the company from a C-suite perspective in terms of the types of conversations were happening that yeah. were that we're having. So then through the uh, the tracker stock exchange that we did in 2018, where we took out the VMware tracking stock till today. I mean, it's just been an amazing journey, Will. And But I think all through that, what you've seen is that the company has emerged stronger through these sets of events where our capabilities are broader, our our position in the marketplace has, is um, is stronger, and you know couldn't be more excited about the opportunities that are out in front of us. I think that legacy business of the PC that is so closely tied to the Dell name is well, it, it's hard to miss. You know, you see Dells everywhere in many offices. Obviously, a huge component of the history, but it's just changed so much. You mentioned um, that enterprise kind of data center work that EMC brought in. I just wonder, how would you describe Dell to a child? I don't know if you have children, but like what, what is the layman's version of what you think you do now? Look, I think it all comes down to is that, you know, we're a company that is helping our customers through their transformation in, in the use of technology and positioning technology as a differentiated capability within that customer. We're helping our people and, and people around the globe be realize their potential as you think about what technology means. It wasn't too long ago when I was having conversations with analysts around, hey, the PC is dead, everything's going to be on the phone and the tablet. And what we saw you know, in the pandemic of last year was the fact that there wasn't any, any device more essential than the PC. And we've seen this trend of where they used to have one or two PCs per household in many households where everybody in the household now has a PC and the footprint and the collaboration capability and the ability to do work on a PC has never been stronger. So I have kids, but now I'm on to grandkids, Will, so that shows you how old I am at this point. But um, it's all around what we supply is the technology to help you fulfill your potential. I mean, yeah, the laptops are just stacking up left and right in my house. My, my kid's still school age and it's like, well, he needs his he needs his access point. And we're, we're obviously working on our own, my wife and I as well. So I see that. So, I mean, in a way you've broadened and diversified, right, to, to get away from a, such a reliance on the PC. But PC has had, yeah, that, that technology has had a resurgence. Even before the pandemic, it seemed that sales, sales were um, looking fantastic last year. But that's reemphasized the importance of, of this, uh, you know, primary tool for many of us. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, PC revenue or CSG revenue, which is our client business, was about 40, a little over $48 billion last year, right? So a really significant piece of the business. Uh, but you also have to think about what happened last year, which was many customers around the globe, as they pivoted their workforce or student, or if they were an education institution, their students to a remote work or learn from home environment. Mm-hmm. And so that accelerated the need for many of them to upgrade their PC estate, right? Yeah. And and so that was a catalyst for much of last year in terms of the client business. And actually that continues on into the current year that we're in. My point was that we did see customers pivot budget or move budget from say infrastructure and uh, cloud capabilities or hybrid cloud capabilities to more um, workforce or productivity type dynamics. And so we think over time that rebalances some, but, uh, you know, we are expecting the PC environment to remain strong, but we're also expecting our infrastructure business to be, you know, to build strength as we go through this year. 
Yeah, kind of a balanced rebound, right? I mean, I heard of, uh, you know, roofers, roofing companies that all of a sudden had to send all their people, um, office personnel working from home. So all of a sudden they need to make sure their their PCs were upgraded to handle either call center traffic or just, you know, the the they had to have the same kind of setup at home that, that those kind of workers might not have been prepared to do. But as it returns, you certainly want stuff in the cloud because... I think from everyone I hear is that all indications will be, it's not going to be necessarily five days of work in the office a week, right? There, there's going to be a hybrid approach for many, not all, but for many where it involves being in the office part of the time, maybe checking in from remote, working remotely or from a far flung office of Dell. And so you need that infrastructure to support video conferencing, conversations like this over Zoom. This whole year has reemphasized kind of the role that technology plays and the multiple roles that it plays in our working lives. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, what we expect to see over time is not only the continued strength of the, the, the PC, but companies are moving. You mentioned the cloud, right? And, you know, five, six, seven years ago, the conversations I was having with customers was all around, well, I'm moving everything to the public cloud. You know, yeah. I'm not going to build data centers anymore. I'm not going to yeah. buy infrastructure for my on-prem data center. And the reality is, is that customers have gotten more sophisticated and thoughtful in their approach. And what we now know is that the world's going to be a bit of a hybrid environment where some data and workloads will reside in public clouds. Other data and workloads will reside on-prem or in private clouds, whether on-prem or hosted. And what customers are wanting now is the ability to move workloads and data from, from these various computing area platforms, if you will and manage them seamlessly using automation and other sort of capabilities. And that's exactly what we've been doing with, as we partner with one of our subsidiaries, VMware, on how do we bring a multi-cloud, hybrid cloud experience to our customers in a way that's seamless, right? Which is what our customers are wanting. Because ultimately it's all about efficiency and productivity, which which is what our customers are looking for. What about VMware? What role does that play in it now? I think, um, you know, it's obviously a large, it's got a large presence out in California where we have, you know, we have multiple business journals out there covering them. But I think a lot of people are uh, not confused, but just, you know, trying to understand how VMware incorporates into the wider Dell picture. Yeah. Hey, great question. Look, VMware is a very strategic capability for us in the sense of, you know, they started their their journey for, as a company perspective, used virtualizing infrastructure. Yep. They have moved on from that to where, you know, we now uh, partner very closely on, again, management of multi, you know, multi-clouds with their firmware cloud foundation, uh, the work that they're doing around security, the work that they're doing on with uh, the network, virtualized networking. So, and we collaborate very closely both on our technology and in and, and the solutions coming out of those that collaboration, as well as in our go-to-market capabilities. And so we go to market jointly to make sure our customers are served properly. So a very tight relationship. Uh, it's been a it's been a, a very good relationship for both Dell Technologies, and it's been a very good relationship for VMware. You know, I. I I think in their latest uh, you know, financial statements that they just filed with the SEC that we, as Dell Technologies, drive about 35% of VMware's revenue. So we're a very important channel and reach to customers for them. Did VMware come to Dell through the EMC merger? Yes, 
Yes, it did. That? Okay. Yes, it did. I remember it being laid out back then about this. Yeah, this ability to go to the customer and say, "Hey, do you need on-premise data? You know, a cloud solution. We've got VMware. Do you, you know, do you need PCs or some of this technology?" It was really a best of both worlds. Do you try to get get to customers? And I guess the big question is, has that panned out? And it sounds like indications are yes. Very much so. You know, I, better than actually I, I had expected to be honest. Well, I mean, I. Uh, when we put the companies together and we talked about the synergy, the revenue opportunities of working together, the acceleration that we've seen in that partnership with VMware has been pretty amazing, you know, both from a revenue perspective and from a, a technology collaboration perspective. So it has clearly uh, um, performed much higher than my expectations were as we, as we were thinking about the financial model for the combined companies at the time. What was the revenue again, you said, when you joined 12 billion in 97? Yeah. Well, we finished the year at 12, yeah, a little over $12 billion. Okay. And now it's 95? Nine, call it 94 and a half, right? It's okay. in that range. Yeah. All right. Not, yeah. It's just a rounding thing, right? But that's that's hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars. So yeah. Okay. 94.5. So, I mean, not quite 10X, but to see that level of growth, I mean, over... <laughs> We're so used to these days with unicorns flying off the handle, you know, but um, that's huge growth even over the 20 plus years. I mean, it's um, it speaks to, I guess, the need to be able to be flexible and also well, a little bit of the vision of, of your boss too, Michael Dell. To accomplish you know, he's, uh, he's been very visionary in how he's, how he's positioned the company over time. And, you know, we've, we've gone through various reiterations and reinventions of the company over those 24 years that I've been here. You know, if you think about the PC era to we started building servers and uh, we moved into the storage. We, we built our services capability, you know, so it's been we built our software capability. It's just been an, uh, an amazing journey. And, you know, I, I do think it's also a credit to the team in terms of skill sets that we've had. To, we've asked the team to build and to be part of the, the journey to make sure that, you know, they evolve their capabilities as we evolve the company. And I think it's a credit to the community, uh, the larger community here in Central Texas, which think about the talent pool that's out there today of technology workers, right? And the and we see every day where companies from the West Coast, perhaps, or from other parts of the U.S. are migrating to, to the Austin area, which speaks to the depth and breadth uh, and the capability of the of the workforce here, as well as the environment in terms of the business-friendly environment and you got to think that Michael, and you know, back in ninety, you know, when he when he came out to Round Rock in the early nineties, you know, there wasn't that much here, right? So, in many respects, he, you know, Dell has been the hub that has has sort of attracted that initial and subsequent waves of, of technology investment. Dell CFO Tom Sweet joining Austin Business Journal managing editor Will Anderson. In our next segment, Sweet reflects on how the Dell family tree has impacted Austin and beyond. When Texas Business Minds continues. I'm Rich Kurgasco, President and CEO of Texas Mutual Insurance Company. To everyone who has been hard at work providing the things we need during this crisis, we say thank you. You truly are essential and we're proud to be on the job with you. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds, as Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson connects with Dell CFO Tom Sweet. 
it's interesting to see in, in our reporting how many companies we write about. Uh, maybe it's a new startup in town or some company attracting venture capital and how many of them have Dell on their resume. We just wrote about Preston James uh, at Div Inc., who was a longtime manager at Dell and now runs a startup incubator in town, Accelerator, focused on diversity and equity, right? Very important role and somebody who got his technology chops at Dell in, in large part. So we see the effect in many places, but Austin is also a very different tech town. I mean, it's a second kind of a second home base for for Apple, right? And we see yep. the names Verbo, Indeed, uh, you know, Facebook all over the domain a little bit south southwest of the Dell campus in Round Rock. So the town has changed a lot. What's different about the tech scene for you in Central Texas versus, you know, 20 years ago when you started at Dell? I think the whole technology scene has exploded, you know, over the last number of years, and particularly say the last seven to 10 years, it seems to really have accelerated. You made the point where you now see many companies that have set up, I'll call it their administrative headquarters here, whether it's an, an Apple or you know, Facebook has a large presence. Uh, clearly, the, the software community has accelerated here. The gaming community, which was, was oh, yeah. here, has obviously exploded. In terms of what does that mean for us, it means, quite frankly, that, you know, there is a demand for talent, right? And, you know, we are a large employer. I think we are the largest central, you know, employer in the central Texas area. And as you might imagine, that, you know, there, there's, a, there's competition for talent and it's interesting to see some of the people that have left us to your point and how well they have done. You never want to lose highly uh, capable and highly talented team members, but to see how successful they've been outside of the company. Oh, yes. To the, the depth and quality of the team that we have. So, you know, look, there's a competition for talent. I think a healthy competition, but uh, we're also attracting different types of talent. Many, many years ago when I started, if you said, hey, Tom, how many software engineers do you have within your or, you know, within the Dell family? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm not even sure. Right. I mean, you know, today, if you looked at our engineering frame footprint, you'd say, even though we're, you know, people think about us from a hardware perspective, mm-hmm. we're principally a, a software company in the sense of probably 80 percent of my engineering staff is our software engineers. Right. As we is, is that's really the differentiation as you, as you think about these sort yeah. of solutions that we're putting into the market right now. So it's an amazing journey. No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, it's still, there there is a lot of hardware um, with the Dell name on it, but it really is. I mean, so much of the IP, even at a company like mine, American City Business Journals is caught up in how do you differentiate via process and how do you, um, you know, integrate all, all these different systems that we use as well from our content management system to our email sends. I mean, everything's software basically now. I mean, look at the Zoom we're using, you know, it's a piece of software that has become immensely valuable in, in the last year. You know, that whole trend of, you know, the rise of and of the value of software IP is going to do nothing but continue to grow. Right. And so you would expect from our perspective that we're continuing to invest pretty heavily in software capabilities, software technology, as we continue to differentiate from the solutions that we're building. And when you look at technology trends, well, it's interesting to think about, okay, what's going to happen over the next, you know, three, five, seven years? You've heard and we've all talked about what's going to happen with 5G. Well, 5G isn't about you're going to be able to talk faster. It's about how, you know, the reduction in data latency and the the speed of the pipe, so to speak. And 
okay and so the solutions there's going to be different types of solutions that are going to be required to take advantage of that capability well some of that's clearly going to be hardware much of it's going to be you know new you know various types of software uh, capabilities as well embedded into the into the appliance at the edge of the network for instance right so telco is another good example in terms of as the telcos build out their their networks you know that's principally a software orientation as they go to open standards with with the virtualized software that they're trying to take cost and efficient and drive efficiency and take cost out and drive efficiency into their network so there's just the trends are pretty interesting you know, relative to where we've come from, where we are today, and where we're headed. It's just uh, the speed of and pace of the technology evolution is going to accelerate. Oh, I, I don't I know it. I mean, I am excited to see where it leads, but really, every I mean, it's, it's all technology now. Again, my company, ACBJ, is increasingly a technology company. We're, we're, we're journalists by and large, you know, the ones producing content, but it's all about how do we get that to the you know, the reader on their phone, or do we prefer to email it? And how can we A-B test out the best time and places to send people email? And that's got to go through a separate program. Um, so it's all this digital literacy. And I think most of it will just be baked in to understand how you have to use those things. But there's got to be companies and technology underlying that. And Dell and others are, you know, have to rise to that challenge to meet it. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, think to your example in your, your particular business, Think about the people consuming your content, you know, how they're consuming it and what device they're consuming it and how do they want to see that content. And yeah, those types of iterations of your business model are going to continue to accelerate as you move forward. One other thing, Tom, I want to go back. We were talking about Michael a little bit and uh, him being a visionary, but I also want to laud you for being CFO of a company with, uh, yeah, say $94.5 billion in revenue. Uh, just a huge piece of the Fortune 500, a giant tech trendsetter, one of the largest private employers in the state, let alone the Austin area. Um, yeah, and, and you've risen from, correct me if I'm wrong, but you came in as a division head or maybe a CFO for a division uh, within Dell? Came in, yeah, I came in as a director of um, uh, finance for what was then going to be our education business segment, right? You know, and so uh, back in 97. So, Selling to, to schools, to colleges? Yes, you're selling both to K-12 and to universities and to you know, okay. community colleges. Absolutely. What's your advice for, I mean, it's still a large company at the time, as we were talking about, multi-billion dollar company. I mean, how do you stand out in a large organization? What, what's a, what has worked for you to rise you know, all the way to the, the, the uppermost reaches of Dell? You know, I look, I think... Uh, there is no one right answer there, but I do think there's some common trends that if you, if you think about it or common characteristics, it's about um, yeah. one um, being curious about the business model, understanding the business model, understanding the, what we would say is how does this business model function? How do you improve the business model? Sure. Um, you know, I think it's also about being knowledgeable about the space you're in and there's no substitute. I think for, you know, I've taken a few risks in my career and I've done some different things within Dell that they've asked me to do that were outside of my comfort zone. I, I was in I ran a sales organization for two years. Now I'm obviously the CFO now, but that was an interesting experience. But it was a great experience from a customer intimacy perspective and learning to, how to how to talk and to customers and how to position with customers and learning how to lead a selling organization, which is very different than leading a finance organization. So it's about taking some thoughtful risks and there's a little bit of luck here too. I mean, being in the right place at the right time. So, 
and putting in the work. You know, there's no substitute for putting in the work, to be honest. I like this idea of trying different things, especially going from, yeah, running kind of an accounting or finance function into a selling team, right? That's very incentivized to kind of be out there and, and kill your own meal, right? Like you're, drag, you're creating new business and pulling in business. Yeah. Um, Got to be not a reality check, but a an awakening to a different part of a business, especially when you're doing 12, you know, billion in sales and all of a sudden you're, you're, yeah, you're tasked with a significant chunk of revenue. I bet. You know, but I, it was a credit to the leadership at the time that I you know, I expressed an interest in trying to broaden my capabilities and skill set, And they said, well, why don't you go try this? And I'm like, Hey, you do know that I'm a finance guy. Right. And uh, they said, yeah, but you know, go lead these, wasn't the, you know, this piece of the selling organization, it'll be a good experience for you. And uh, if you need some help, we're around to, to give you a hand. And, but it, you know, again, I, I think it's one of those things where because of that, it differentiated me against some of my peer group, but it also expanded my, I think my business knowledge and my, oh, business, sure. you know, my skill set. And so yeah. uh, when I came back to finance, cause I'll tell you, Will, I wasn't the greatest sales leader, but I was, uh, I guess, an okay sales sales leader. I think it did help me be a better finance person at the end of the day, as I, as you know, in terms of communicating with a broader organization and understanding the customer's point of view. Yeah, exactly. You, you really have to be part of the customer journey then too, because when they're paying you, you know, uh, very uh, quickly when there's a pain point or something going wrong. So even if you weren't maybe the, the very best in all of Dell, it, you must've been pretty good. And, and it made you a better financial uh, mind too. I, I get that. Yeah. So look, I mean, again, I've been blessed with uh, having great talent around me. We've got a great set of team members, uh, highly skilled, motivated. And, you know, it's it's fun to be in a company that's continuing to evolve and change. And, and that's what I like. I like I don't like standing still. I like trying and new, doing different things and new things. And, you know, much of that is how you define the technology industry, right? It's a uh, either evolve or die, right? You, you grow or you die, so to speak, in the technology space. So you got to keep going. Yeah. You mentioned that intellectual curiosity. I think that's so important to see the way that, you know, as we've talked about how much Dell has changed and to ride it, you know, to the top, to the CFO spot, you've got to be, um, you better have that, you know, adapt or die mentality because um, if you're getting too comfortable one day, you know, who knows what billion dollar plan uh, you'll hatch next. Yeah, look, you never stop learning, Will, and you would know this in your own career. When I stepped into the CFO job in January of 2014, the company, the job today looks very different than the job I stepped into seven over seven years ago, right? And the company has changed pretty dramatically. And so you've got to continue to grow and, and change and, and, and build new skill sets and the demands of the job evolve over time. So but it's been a great experience. And, um, you know, again, I, I couldn't be more fortunate than to be here. Well, I really appreciate you joining us today, Tom. That's all the time we've got, but uh, it was a fantastic conversation. I uh, would love to have you back soon too. When, uh, when that next giant deal goes down and, and Dell uh, is getting bigger. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. And, uh, and thanks for everything you do for the business community here in central Texas. Thanks again to Dell CFO, Tom Sweet for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.